Welcome to Crooked Sticks. This is Kane Quinones. Davidson. Yes. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Um, I've known you for how many years? Has it been four, almost yeah, five and, years? Yeah, I was about to say at least four. Definitely and five. Walking very closely in life mm-hmm. with you for those four years, and I've been very thankful for that. Um, Me too. For those of you who don't know Davidson, Davidson is a senior at Berry College from Athens, Georgia. Um, loves all things Disney. Amen. And dance. Yes. And, uh, it's been a blessing to get to know him over these last few years and watch him grow and blossom in a way into this confident young man who the Lord's created him to be. And I'm glad to have him here. Um, yeah, so Davidson, if you want to talk Yeah, so like you said, my name's Davidson, and um, I am going to be graduating this May from Berry College with a degree in psychology and a minor in speech. Uh, and I don't really know what the Lord has for me like long term after that yet, but I'm excited to be walking in that process with him. Um, a few things that I love, like he said, are Disney, dancing. Um, I really love The Office and Parks and Rec, various shows like that. Um, I really, really love just having quality time with people and getting to hear different people's stories and seeing how the Lord's worked in their lives. Um, and one of my passions is really just combating shame in people's lives and um, speaking truth into areas that aren't really talked about that often in society. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about me, but I'm sure there's a lot more I could say, but that kind of wraps it up. Right. I guess the only thing I would add would be um, the context in which we know each other is through yeah. discipleship. Uh-huh. And that's over cool. the last four years, I've been able to walk closely with you and meet with you in a small group setting once a week for four years yeah. and then once a month one-on-ones. And I think that's just a Really unique opportunity yeah, that I'm sure. really thankful for. And now you lead your own group. Yeah, that's true. Guys. This comes full circle. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. The, as you know, this podcast is about redemption mm. and about redemption that Christ has played in and through your life. And you're here today just to share um, part of your story mm-hmm. and what He has redeemed in your life. Yeah. Um, so. I guess big picture, when you hear someone say, like, Christ's redemption or the redeeming love of Christ, like, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think when I hear the phrase redemption or just, like, the idea of redeemed, it is something that was broken or um, dirty or uh, not able to be used with with its original purpose. And, like, something has come into contact with it to make it clean, to make it usable, to like mend it, to um, just renew it, honestly. And so I like when I think of that word redemption, I think of this renewal process that has happened, that something that's incomplete or broken uh, has now been made new and um, better than it even was before. Uh, And just, I think that just totally points back to the cross uh, with each of our stories of the moment where we meet Christ is that moment from admitting and experiencing our brokenness in its full to realizing that we don't have to walk in that brokenness anymore, uh, which is just an incredible experience. So 
I think that that is my first thoughts when I think about just the redemption of Christ. I remember I had the word redeemed written on my wrist one semester in college, I think during my sophomore year. And my friend Amanda saw it. And for my Christmas gift, she put it on a giving key. For those of you who don't know, giving key is a pretty cool site. You should check it out. Uh, And I got to wear it around my neck just like throughout a whole year uh, of just walking through trying to embrace this idea that I'm redeemed, that the Lord did not leave me where he found me, but that he transformed me in his love and truth and brought me into the man that he's growing me to be even today. So I think it's just a really cool process that we get to experience Christ's redemption. Yeah, it's a huge blessing and something that I wish everyone could hear about. Yeah. So as followers of Christ, you alluded to this, like we acknowledge our complete brokenness and need Mm -hmm. for Christ, but also that complete other side of that redeeming love that is found through Christ. So jump right into where have you seen firsthand Christ redeem brokenness in your life? Well, there's many things I could talk about with that question. Uh, But I think one that kind of goes back to early years in my life uh, is with my family. So um, it's one thing to say that we are broken, but it's also something to acknowledge that we live in a broken world, that we live um, in broken communities because we're all broken people and that um, our families aren't exceptions to that. And so I grew up in a family that was loving and really caring, but also very broken. Uh, My parents' marriage was pretty rocky most of my life. I uh, don't really remember a time where it was even close to being perfect, which that I didn't realize, though, that that was the case until much later because that was normal for me, that my parents fighting, my parents um, not seeing eye to eye on how their relationship should be, how our family should be run, different things like that. And But that was normal. And then when I was in fifth grade, I remember this huge fight that they were having. My sister was at her friend's house down the road playing softball, and I was just sitting there, and this huge fight was happening, and I remember my mom saying, finally, like, that's the last straw, like, this is it, uh, to my dad, and them deciding that the divor- a divorce was the next step, and I just remember crying, sitting there, because I didn't really know what that meant at the time, I just knew that my mom was really upset, and that uh, my dad was packing up his stuff to leave, and Here I was, 11 years old, about to turn 12, just wondering, like, what does this mean for my life? Like, what does this look like? And then here comes my sister riding a bike up the road, crying already, because apparently she got a black eye playing softball. And I just remember sitting there thinking, here I am, her big brother, about to have to share this news with her that our family's never going to be the same. And so I think that was the moment that, like, just the breaking, the actual, like, literal breaking of a family that... Uh, I look back at and I see such a tangible image of like the brokenness in this world. Yeah. Like, especially with being 11 or 12 years old, you can start to, you start to understand some things and being the oldest sibling, that's a lot of weight and a lot of pressure that you see that a lot more clearly than your sister had. And that's just a lot of weight to carry as an 11 year old. Yeah. And I even like, 
I think this past summer, maybe the summer before, my sister went on this retreat and sent me this text message just kind of asking about what life was like before the divorce a little bit. And that that made me realize like, oh, wow, like even though she was in third grade, like she was old enough to have some memories of it. Like it definitely does have a certain weight to it being the oldest sibling and seeing like, oh, wow, like I carry a little bit more memories of what this was like than her but I think what's nice is that she wasn't so young that I definitely have somebody in my life who like understands what specifically we went through as a family because she was right there with me so as much as there is that difference of memory it's also such a blessing to have somebody who's 18 months younger than you who can be like yeah I totally understand because I was right there with you in that and so yes after the divorce happened we Moved houses down the road to a different place. My grandpa develops neighborhoods, and so, or he did before he retired. And so we got a good deal on a house that we got to move into. And it was just my mom, me, and Mary Claire. And we we were kind of doing our own thing. And I just remember being sad because my mom was sad. I was just kind of heartbroken at the fact that she just seemed so lonely. And I remember like all three of us would sleep in the bed together because it just like, we didn't want to be apart. And I think that it was just nice knowing that we were all there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's your family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's who you love. And I remember we would see my dad every other weekend and that was sweet. Sometimes we would go to Augusta where he lived or he would come up to Athens and that just kind of became the new norm until honestly, high school, where we would every other weekend be either with my mom or my dad, and during the school week would be with my mom. And so that was kind of the normal, just us three doing our thing until some point in my sixth grade year. So uh, about maybe a year after they were separated, uh, my mom ended up meeting this man named Tandy Price. And we, I remember working on this project for sixth grade science and I guess science the the topic of the class was about the physical nature of science so looking at like soil and like rocks and outer space like the moon different things like that that's just like what comes to mind and I was working on this project and my mom was just like hey well you know I've been talking with this guy named Tandy you should talk with him because he like works with construction, so he knows all about like the physical properties of the earth. And so I remember reading him this story, and that was like one of the first memories I have of interacting with him over the phone. And slowly but surely, he became a stronger pre- presence in our lives. And little did I know in that original meeting that he would end up becoming someone that would enter our family permanently. Uh, because by the end of my sixth grade year in like April, uh, my mom and Tandy were getting married, and that was super exciting. And I just remember thinking it was super cool because Tandy involved us in the proposal. Like, he was just oh, like, hey, awesome. like, I want your approval. Like, I want to walk through this with y'all. And the way he proposed was, like, super cheesy but super cute. And I'm all about cheesiness. So, like, I was course, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was about to say, this guy's good. And so, like, our back porch door, he, like, turned into a big Valentine's Day card. And when she opened up the card, he was sitting there on his knee. <laughs> and I was just like, this is incredible. Um, so <laughs> that was super cool. And so from that point on, it wasn't just the three of us anymore. It was the five of us because Tandy also had a daughter named Kirsten. And so a family of three and a family of two combined together 
um, in a much smaller version of the Brady Bunch and <laughs> became a family of five. And so, so how old was Kristen? Kristen and my sister were actually three weeks apart. So yeah, it was wow. crazy. So I, she's 18 months younger than me as well. Mary Claire is three weeks older than her. Um, and so that's crazy because both of my sisters were born in August of 1997. So yeah. it's crazy to think about. And so, yeah, I remember walking forward and being like, I don't really know what this is going to be like. And I think something that wasn't expected by us or really even our parents were how hard blending a family is. And so we definitely had some like hard seasons at the beginning because you have to realize like you have all these different, I mean, think of it as a blender. You have all these different fruits and you put them in and like literally the process of blending is like hard. Like it's, it's a hard process to get there. Like there's a reason the blades have to be so sharp because you really have to deny yourself and you have to like compromise and you have to decide what you're going to stay true to and what you're going to make new as this new family. And that definitely wasn't something that any of us had walked through before, especially the kids. Cause like we were yeah. just kids, but even our parents, like they hadn't gone through that before. And so for the first few years, like it was really that process of being like, what is our family going to look like? Not what did our family look like before and what did Tandy's family look like before, but what does our family now yeah. look like? Um, so as we began to walk through that, that was definitely a growing experience for all of us. But I think what's interesting is that in those moments, I didn't realize that the Lord was using Tandy's presence in our life to really redeem what used to be broken. Um, and so a tangible way that I see that is through my parents' marriage with my mom and Tandy, we ended up changing churches and that like, I look back and that's just a pivotal moment in my life when we went from the church that I was originally going to, to this church in the middle of a cotton field called Grace Fellowship. And I remember the first few weeks or maybe even a couple of months that they went there um, as a couple, I didn't like go to youth group or anything like okay. that. And uh, cause I was just nervous too. And was it a small church? Yeah, um, kind of. I mean, f- maybe like 400, 500 people okay. in the congregation. The youth group was pretty big. So, not. I mean, it wasn't like a huge, huge church, but it also wasn't like, you know, just 150 people yeah. doing things like that. So, I would say like small to medium. Okay. Uh, and I remember going my first time and it just being a completely different experience than I've ever like seen before, like at church. And because I grew up in a really traditional church and this was more of a non-denominational like contemporary church. And so I was just like, what is going on? And so I think like through my mom's marriage with Tandy and us changing to those churches, not only was I like seeing this like redemptive process in our family, but I was also even more tangibly seeing a redemptive process in my life of going from a place where I just knew about God to really getting to know God through this church. And um, just the relationships that I formed there and the friendships that I have. Like, I mean, some of my absolute best friends that like my kids one day will probably refer to as family are from that church. And I just think it's incredible because when I trace back to like, where did my faith really take off? Oh, at Grace Fellowship. Like, where did I really get to know the Lord? Like for the first time, Grace Fellowship, where did I like meet some of the people in my life who are still most significant to me, Grace Fellowship. How did I end up at Grace Fellowship? Oh, through my mom meeting Tandy and marrying him, like, and us going to this new church together as a family. And so I just think that it's cool to see how something that was so broken and so hard to walk through and still, like, I don't even think I recognized how hard it was for the longest time until I, like, really dove into my story and, like, 
had to process some really hard things and like seeing just like in the midst of all of that brokenness that was happening as a fifth grader having to realize, well, I don't have two parents anymore in my house. Like I just have one to go into, well, there's a new guy in my mom's life and he's going to be my stepdad. What does that look like? To watching Tandy seek to engage with Mary Claire and me and like Kirsten becoming like a sibling rather than just yeah. like my mom's boyfriend's daughter, like yeah. but actually a sister and like watching his family become our family and our family become his family. And just that whole blending process, like seeing how like challenging yet beautiful really that was and also just seeing all these other areas of just like life that came from that area such a dark place of brokenness uh, from divorce and loneliness to a place of community and really knowing the Lord it's just like a really cool tangible place of seeing like how an area like my mom and dad's divorce to a place of redemption like my mom and Tandy's marriage and just the family that they have created together to also the influence that they had on us, bringing us to this new church, which then catapulted me onto the like walk with the Lord that I have today. is just really cool because this all stems from a place of brokenness and um, a place of sin. You know what I mean? Just like watching the Lord say, Hey, like this is sin. This is like hard. Like, and this hurts me and I know it hurts you but I'm stronger than this and I'm more than this. And I truly do make all things work together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. So I just think that that is a really strong mega theme of redemption in my life is going from a place of a broken family to a restored and new family that then catapulted me into a walk with the Lord. That was super great. And the cool thing is, is that the Lord orchestrated that redemption. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, this is just happenstance that you're going to a new church where you're going to be like at a place where you can know the Lord rather than just know about him. Like there is no way that like my mom, when she married Tandy, knew the impact that us changing churches would then have on my life. But here I am so many years later, like looking back and just saying like, that was the starting point of this journey that I'm on and has it been a perfect journey? Absolutely not. But like, has it been a really beautiful journey of watching him always just be faithful in redemption? Like, yes, that's definitely true. So I think that that's just one of, like I said, many areas of redemption, but that one involves more than just me. It involves like my family too. So yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say that the Lord by any means caused that. Oh, not at all. He didn't break anything. He made something more beautiful out of the brokenness than had it not been broken in the first place. And and that's just what he's in the business of doing. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so this whole idea of a crooked stick being able to draw a straight line, what would like the straight line in this story be? So just more specifically, this story, what's that straight line that your broken stick has drawn? Yeah, I would say the broken stick is very... Beautifully, um, like, metaphorical for a broken family. Um, and just watching two broken families be united together in marriage. And then, honestly, it's more like a crooked branch like than just a <laughs> stick because we're all do- these, like, five sticks yeah. attached to this branch. And just watching how the Lord used so much brokenness in Tandy and Kirsten's life and in my mom, me and Mary Claire's lives and, like, uniting those 
areas of brokenness together to draw this straight line that pointed back to him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there was many lines that were drawn from this. There was like just a, a family that leans into growth, like which was cool. A family that is centered around the Lord, but also a community that pushed me personally and a lot of people in my life towards him and towards realizing that he's more than just a finger in the sky that points at you and says, you can't do this, you can't do that, but is a loving relational God who wants to be in relationship with us. So it's just cool how a broken family pointed me back to my Heavenly Father and said, like, I am your source of life. I am your source of family. I am your source of redemption. Like, and you can know me. Like, and that's just like super cool. Yeah. Well, I have one last question for you. So like after someone listens to this podcast and hears your story of yeah. a broken family and something even more beautiful out of that and like ultimately your relationship with the Lord coming out of that, after someone listens to your story, what would be the one thing you would want them to take away from what they've heard you say today? The one big thing. Yeah, I think the one thing that I'd want them to hear, whether it be about this story, about any of my like stories of redemption that I've seen in my life, would be like, there is never a situation that is so broken that the Lord can't redeem it. That like a listener that's hearing this right now could be walking through and may be walking through a area of life and a season of life that they feel it's too far gone. It's too broken. It's too messy. Um, they've messed up too much. Somebody in their life has like done something too big to be redeemed. And I just want to say that like, that's a lie from yeah, the enemy absolutely. because... There is nothing that's too big for the love of God to restore, and there's nothing too big that the cross can't redeem. And so as much as life may hurt right now and as much as life may be broken, just cling to the reality that He does make all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And that is His Word, and His Word does not return void. And so you can cling to that truth in seasons that just only seem broken and don't seem redeemable at all, knowing that he is the God that makes unredeemable things or irredeemable things redeemable. Like he makes broken things new. And that is hard to believe when you're in the thick of things. But from somebody who is looking back at a really broken situation, I can testify personally that he is a God who truly does draw straight lines with crooked sticks. So whatever you're going through right now, if you're listening to this and you just feel like you are beyond repair or someone in your life is beyond repair or a situation is beyond repair, just know that nothing is beyond repair of the love of the Lord and the power of the cross. Yes. That is what his word promises us and what uh, I wish believers would believe more often. Yes. I think that's something that we all start to get bogged down in our brokenness and think it's too big for us. And the truth is, it is too big for us to carry. It is too big for us to fix. And we're never going to be able to fix it. But there is no brokenness that is too broken Mm. for the Lord. And for anyone listening, you are not too broken for him to use that for his good. Amen. Um, So, Davidson, thank you again so much for being here today. And I'm just, again, I want to say I'm proud of you and for your journey and your faithfulness to the Lord and trying to pursue him and allow him to redeem what's in your life that's been broken. And uh, it's just been an honor to be a 
one of your good friends and see you grow over these last four years. And I'm excited for what the Lord has in store for you moving forward. Thanks, Kane. Thanks for joining us today. This has been Crooked Sticks, a podcast about redemption. I'm your host, Kane Quinones, and this is my good friend, Davidson Mobley. Tune in again soon to hear more stories about redemption in people's lives. I'd like to thank friends and family that have supported me on this journey so far. My bride-to-be, Abigail Beasley, and the Lord for using cricket sticks to draw straight lines. And stuff a lot lately. No, so you're I'm okay. Trying not to do that on this. I know I might have the sniffles a few times, but I might. Yeah, I had to take Dayquil this morning, so I wasn't like. <laughs> <laughs>